0: Just open up your eyes and join me because 'cause I've been living in the sunshine. happy such a nice time, sipping iced coffee as the world dressed by me. Living in the sunshine, happy such a nice time. I will to let the stresses of the world define me. No, oh, oh, oh You like know, I, I don't know about you. Hollywood sometimes gives I us these no. images. And they kind of make us feel like we're not as good as them. Uh, Yeah, that is the whole point of Hollywood, right? (laughs) Hollywood gives us a lot of fantasy. Well, that's what they've done for years. And I know for me, my mom, she wanted to watch the Ten Commandments. I got her a new TV, and I was like, that's what you want to do, watch the Ten Commandments? Okay, so she doesn't understand streaming. She doesn't understand 21st century technology. And so for her, it was interesting that she could actually look it up and make it play right when she wanted to. She was fascinated by the fact that she could stop it whenever she wanted to. I said, well, Mommy, it comes from this concept of on demand. You just kind of do what you want. You just make it happen when you want. And that's what it does. this is what you're entitled to. Just click a button, and boom, there you have it. If you want to see the Ten Commandments again after this, guess what? You can watch it again. And she was just fascinated. I laughed because that's the generation I'm from. My mom actually was around when TV was invented, (laughs) and I had to give her some space and a little grace right there, and I, I had to remember, hey, for her, this is a big deal. I mean she remembers gathering around with large groups of people to watch the black and white set just to watch Dennis the Menace. I mean we've come a long way with technology so I thought about how my mom and eh, she doesn't really get that demand on demand and even commands like the 10 commandments. They actually kind of are alike. So I gave her a little talk about the Bible because my mom's memory, it's just not the way it used to be. And I have to help her correlate concepts. So I use a lot of analogies with her, and I gave her one. And I had hoped that it would help her, and I actually think it did. The idea that the commandments were from God and his state of authority because Jesus hadn't come yet. And she said, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, the commandments. I said, yeah, because my mom likes to talk about how bad they were. And uh, considering this time of year, uh, a lot of festivals going on in Jewish culture, things like that, my mom was fascinated. as she said, so why, why do they still celebrate? I said, Mom, because some Jewish people aren't Christian. And she said, oh, so they're still living under the Ten Commandments. I said, well... It's all in how you see it, Mom. I said, let's do it this way. Let's look at the word command for a minute. And I told her that the word command actually is the idea of committing to a charge, meaning someone with authority gives you something to do. And I gave her the analogy of the Navy. We're here in San Diego, Navy town. I said, and remember, Uncle Joe was an officer in the Navy, and if he gave orders, those were commands. And she said, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. And then I told her, but the difference between a command and a D-man, like your TV, um, I said, that's more of a right to do a thing and have a thing as you need it right in that moment, almost as though it's urgent. I demand justice. (laughs) I gave her that as an example. And she really understood the difference. But as I was talking to her, I realized I do the same thing as a caregiver. I do that with her. I demand and I command. And I had to take a seat after that little talk with her and evaluate myself. And I said, wow, hmm, this is what we do in life. This is what people do in life. We go to work. We go to jobs. We work with other people on projects, at churches, We're on committees, we volunteer, and there's always someone in authority. Now, think about it. Even in a volunteer situation, there's always a lead person, and they have the directives. So, basically, they're the one that is explaining what is needed, and they are trusting you to get that job done. So, technically, they're giving you commands. Now, it's all about the tone, right? I want you to clean up this room and I want you to clean it up now. Oh boy, that, that's a little forceful. But then there are other ways you can relay commands to people to get them to understand that you need them to trust you. Oh, that's heavy. So a command is when you give directives that people need to follow because you have an authority Authority with clarity for what needs to be done to take care of them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I thought about that. I often command my mother to do a lot of things, and the roles have reversed, and I tell her all the time. I said, well, I learned this from you, and she goes straight into denial, of course. I mean, pressing on 80 years old, she's lived a little while She had a great job with authority, and she told a lot of people what to do. But I told her, you were my primary role model. I have a theory called the mommy and the mirror. Now, uh, there are other theories out there similar, but mine comes from my own personal experience. Every little girl has the opportunity to have a role model, whether it's their mother or some other role model. And they will mimic that role model the most the one they admire, the one that they look up to, the one that inspires them. And I told my mom, you were all of those things to me. She laughs now, but I told her, all those park visits, I said, going to the merry-go-round, yeah, Balboa Park, yeah, all that good stuff, you kind of sewed into this, so you're reaping the benefits of what you sowed into me. I told her, you shouldn't have been so good to me, and we laugh. It's a joke for us, but I told her, Now it's my turn to give the commands and the demands. It's my turn. I found, though, I have to sit down with her and have conversations to get her to trust me, though, because I am the daughter and she's been the mother. Does anyone out there have that trouble with your parent that is the senior parent? Not just because they're old, but because they're older than you. Some people's parents did birth them. Some people were adopted. Some people were Uh, brought in. Okay, either way, that person now has to trust you. Now, when you're little, you don't really have trust uh, issues as much, right? Think about it. I didn't. I mean, (laughs) we didn't have as much to be afraid of. We weren't as uh, creeped out by things as a little kid. But as adults, we've been through some hurts and some trials and some experiences that really pushed us back caused us to be a little more not trusting. And the idea of a command lies under the guise of being able to be under someone's charge and trust them. Does the person you care for trust you? That might be an issue already. So how do you resolve that? What I've come to realize is, Most people that listen to this show, they're listening for encouragement, but they also don't know what to do. I keep telling you, we've got solutions for you. All you have to do is write me, connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Tell me your issue. We can talk about it. Now, if you don't want to talk about it live on the show, you just email me and I'll talk about it for you. In the meantime, one of the things that's prevalent within the parent and adult caregiver relationship are trust issues. Uh, I had a guest last week. He talked about his mother with Alzheimer's. She was grown. This guy's got property. <laughs> he owns land. He's got a bunch of cars. That's his pastime, fixing up cars. And he sells them and flips them. He, he's a great business person. So why wouldn't she trust him with her estate? I, I didn't get it. Well, not only does she have Alzheimer's knocking on her door, but she saw him still as the little boy that she raised. She never got to see him as the adult man that is a responsible, accountable, liable adult. She did that along with his dad, but his dad had passed and now it was just mommy. But mommy was knocking on Alzheimer's and they hadn't planned any advanced directives and all those things that you're supposed to do and you put off because you don't want to think about it, like insurance and dying. But it has to be done, right? When are you going to do it? That's the question. When are you going to have those talks? Because you have to accept two things. One, you can't necessarily make your parent better. And here's the other one for today. You can't necessarily make them trust you. So what do you do? You just continue to talk, ask questions such as, what can I do to help you with this? Whatever this is, the issue, the thing they're pushing back on, the thing they don't like. Like my mom just like taking cough medicine. How simple is that, right? And, and I mean, she gives me grief over it. It doesn't work. I don't see the point. But your doctor says it's something good for you to do. Doctors don't know everything. Okay, Mom, listen. So what I do is I get her to trust my judgment, my experiences, and my opinion. Why do you do that? First of all, be honest. Be transparent. Sometimes I tell her, you know what? You're right. It might not work. But will you still try it just for me? And, oh, boy, when I put the just for me on there, that's like icing on the cake and having extra batter in the bowl. Oh, my goodness. It works. You have to find what works for you. So I give her these commands as a daughter, as a caregiver of how to take care of herself because I am the caregiver. I'm the one that she has entrusted herself to. Now, when we argue, and we do, I remind her, you know what? (laughs) You do have options. And she becomes a little stern in the face. And I tell her, you have other people that can take care of you. And then she <laughs> she pulls out all of her guns and she says, I don't want anybody else taking care of me. And then I remind her, oh, so that means I take good care of you, right? Yeah. She has to admit it. So that's the goal. That's the objective, to come to an agreement and commit to each other. I had to take a moment and realize that the objective of a command versus a demand is to make sure that what you do is not try to claim the rights to what you do as a caregiver. Yeah, they might need to change. You know what I mean, caregivers, by change. But is it that serious? Like, is it that critical in that second? Can they have their coffee and wait another 15 minutes? Is it going to hurt? Not necessarily. Let them have the coffee. Okay, you you get it? Don't demand so much. Instead, maybe a command. How about let's do an exchange. Let's do it this way today. How about you start that and I'll go get the coffee ready, okay? Come to an agreement because what you want to do is build trust. And when you do your part and they don't do their part, now you get to push in on that authority, I thought we made an agreement. You said you were going to. Yeah, that's the commitment. People make commitments every day in business, in marriage. uh Uh-oh, that's another show. So commit means what? To go with. That's all it means, to go with, to agree with. So if you can get that person that you care for to agree with you, now you're making progress as opposed to a demand. I want you to change and be done when I come back. And if you don't change, then I'm not giving you your coffee. Whoa, those are ultimatums and threats. Who wants that life? Have you ever taken the seat of the person that you care for? I try to do that at least twice a day and say, wow, if I was in this predicament, I wouldn't like this, that, that. And my list becomes a laundry list of the things I wouldn't like. So I use that same compassion. The compassion I use is stemmed from Jesus himself. Jesus, the Lord, is love. I remember back in the day when I was growing up, there was a song called Jesus is Love. And it stuck with me as a kid and now even as an adult. But I get it. Love has so many definitions in society, globally. It depends on where you are and to whom you're speaking. Well, for me, love has a few objectives. It needs to do a thing, and it needs to be a thing, and it is a thing. So there we've got a noun, we've got verbs. Oh, my goodness, here we go. Yeah, because you need to take some time and evaluate what you say and what you do. Self-evaluation is key when you're giving the commands. Now, some people are trained to command others in a certain way, but when you have the independence to make your own decisions on how you will command, that's freedom. And i found that love is freedom as well. How? Because love is truth. Truth will always provide you freedom. It's a matter of if you oblige the freedom. Truth provides it, but are you going to actually accept the truth? (gasps) That's something we need to talk about today. Truth, let's talk about it. When you have moments of truth, that you're wrong, and maybe the person you care for is actually more right than you, are you ready to accept their indirect command? There's such a thing? Absolutely. It's when you now have to be accountable to that commitment that you have made to take care of someone else, and now they hold you accountable to what your authority is. You're not always right, caregivers. (gasps) Gasp, what? We're not always right? No. Sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you pick up the wrong pill bottle, and although that pill is tan and the other pill is tan, you thought it was that pill because it was tan in the bottle. You picked it up fast, but you didn't read the label. And your person that you care for is like, that's not the right pill. And you're like, yes, it is. And they're like, no, it's not. I take these pills every day. Don't tell me. And now you create an argument, and now you have this kerfuffle. For what? Hey, caregiver, take a seat, step back, and say, maybe I am wrong. Maybe... Oh, yeah, wrong pill. Uh Uh-oh, I could have caused you harm. I could have caused you to uh, be nauseous. Oh, my goodness. Sorry about that. Now, remember, sorry is just passe about the grief that has occurred. Are you willing, caregivers, to take it a step further and do a command of Jesus? Oh, forgive me, mother. Yeah, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a command that we forgive each other. Now, I can ask my mother to forgive me, whether she does or not, that's up to her. But I definitely have to forgive her all day, all day and every day, because people with brain damage oftentimes don't have a lot of inhibition. So my mother offends me constantly. I have to take a deep breath, blow it away and forgive her in love, love another command of Jesus. Oh, okay. Are you starting to get it? His commands were pretty simple, love, forgive, give, yeah, give. That's a sacrifice. If you have an abundance, even if you you have 100 pennies, even if you give one away, that's less than what you had. So it is a sacrifice of your abundance. So it doesn't matter whether it's one penny or 99 pennies, you've made the sacrifice and you have given. So that's a command. The emphasis is not on what and how much you give, but the emphasis is on the command itself. Are you ready, willing, wanting to obey the commands of Jesus? Then how can you expect the person you're caring for to obey you? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, it's that heavy. It's that personal. That's what we're talking about today. On one of 100, right here with me, Lorraine Carroll. One of the things we have to do as caregivers is continue to remember to have mercy. You need mercy, caregivers. Yeah, you do. And you want it. You want mercy. You want somebody to be merciful to you. Well, you have to show mercy then. I mean, Jesus made it really simple. Most of the commands of Jesus are simple. So why is it so complicated and so difficult to follow and to oblige and to do it? Why? Because we're selfish. I told you a lot of times we don't want to admit our own faults. We'd rather place the blame. It's called displacement of blame and shove it on the person we care for. No, sometimes actually they're right. Sometimes my mother's wisdom despite her brain damage, still overrides what I know. Why? Because I was taught wisdom will always override knowledge. If a person is one day older than you, they still have more wisdom than you because they've been here a day longer than you. Wisdom is powerful. Caregivers, usually we care for people that have more wisdom than us. So heed to the wisdom. Now what if you take care of someone that's younger than you, maybe even a baby? Do babies have wisdom in their own right? They just might not have as much as you do. So, what do you do? You then heed to the wisdom of the Lord through the Bible. When's the last time you sat down, took a moment, and looked at the Proverbs? Full well, of the wisdom. There's some basic Proverbs in there that will help you with everyday caregiving. Most of the problems we have are rooted in selfishness. Think about it. When's the last time you were just up and ready to give of yourself all day, every day, to everyone that had need of you? Um, Without getting grumpy? Yeah. Uh, Without catching an attitude? Mm Hmm. Um, Without making a frown? Right. Oh, yeah. Think about yourself in this situation. Put yourself in the seat of the person that is being commanded and look at yourself. And say, how can I be a better caregiver? How can I better express what I need? Because ultimately, that person that you're caring for, they're trusting you not only to take care of them, but to preserve them and their wellness. I remember when my grandma back when she was living, she was from that generation, that generation that used to make old fashioned preserves. Woo! And I remember she made plum oh, preserves. Oh my goodness. Never in my life have I had anything so good. And my favorite part for some reason was watching her melt the wax on top of the jars. For those of you that know how to cook, you know what I'm talking about when it comes to preserves. That was fascinating to me at six years old. Anyway, I still remember the yumminess of those preserves. And so I sought after plum jelly and plum preserves. But over the years, I found now this was pre-internet days it was really hard to find plum jelly or plum preserves. And I was like, why? And I was actually upset. So what does that have to do with commands, demands, caregiving? Well, here's the thing. Whenever you have something that requires preservation, it starts with you taking care of what you need to preserve. My grandma actually had to go find the right type of plums. She had to watch them in the refrigerator for some time. I didn't get it. She would say, you can't eat those, but you can eat those, but not those. And I was like, why? You know, as a little kid, why? Why not? I get it. Those were the plums that she was preserving in the brown paper bag. She was preserving those to prepare them for preservation. Oh, I So she had to exhibit a little more care, caution, concern for those. And it's the same thing for us. What measures are you taking to preserve what you do for yourself and for the one you care for? What I had to realize over the last five years, I can't continue to exhaust myself in the care that I give. So how can I preserve myself. And that's something that Jesus told us to do too. Yeah, he told us to rest. Oh, that's a command. Yes, he He told us to rest. He gave us the opportunities through his own examples to study rest. Remember when Jesus was asleep? On the boat. Yeah, he was asleep. Oh, yeah, sleeping is a form of rest. Yeah, remember, sometimes the young people say, chilling out. Yeah, he was not doing work sometimes. He wasn't doing ministry always. He wasn't doing busy work always. Sometimes he was praying, and then he would rest. Oh, yeah. The Lord wants you to rest caregivers. You have to preserve you to take care of someone else. You can't be a good caregiver if you don't take care of you. That's the whole purpose of this show. One of 100 is to help anybody that's caregiving be a better caregiver realizing that you have to let the Lord preserve you. Remember, the key is allow the allowance because you can shove back on God. You can push back on Jesus. All that church stuff. Yeah, you can keep that. I don't need that. I oh, know I don't read the Bible. I don't go to church. Okay, fine. No problem. But I have found in my almost 21 years of caregiving that it helps when you allow the Lord to preserve you by doing what? Following the commands I told you some of them are forgive, love, rest. Yeah, that helps. That helps you to preserve the person you're caring for. So one of the things you need to do today, caregivers, just make sure you take a look at yourself. Are you commanding, demanding? Which one's more important to you? Because remember, demands, that's an entitlement with urgency. Whereas a command is more of a commitment. To make sure that what you do for the other person that you're caring for is going to be effective. Why be a caregiver if you're not effective? Anybody can do your job. Uh Uh-oh. Watch out. Yeah. Take a self-examination of humility and realize someone else can do it. But will they do it as well as you for the person that you're caring for? According to my mom, not so. So keep that in mind until we get together next week right here on KPRZ, 1210 AM on 1 of 100 with me, Lorraine Carroll. Take care of yourself. Preservation is necessary. Oh, 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 la, 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 la. I will let the stresses in the world define me.